Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Good day to you, wherever you may be, and whatever time of day it might be for you. This is the Removing Confusion podcast. This is Tom Richardson. It is November, and uh, it is the 6th of November, 2023. We have just about knocked 2023 completely off the map. Two more months to go. And we can see what 2024 brings. Right now, it doesn't look like it's going to bring us anything all that much better than 2023 did. But, but hey, we'll, we'll, we'll try to be positive in the name of Jesus Christ that there can be miracles wrought even in the hallowed halls of places like Washington, Jerusalem, uh, the Kremlin. Where's that place? Moscow. Uh, over there where they do the European Union thing. You know, there can be, there, uh, London, England, Beijing, China. There can, be, there can be godly miracles wrought in these places. We need to pray for all of them. 
because sitting back and expecting something to happen uh, doesn't work. Uh, it's it's just we need to in, in, to entreat ourselves to God to gather the forces against this spiritual battle that we fight. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark world. People who have uh, ulterior motives to what God has. And they are in government. They are in the society. They are in the church. They're in the medical fields. They're everywhere. Now, they're, they're not all inclusive of all those things, but there's a significant presence of evil in all aspects of our society to this point that, you know, what do we do? We pray. Look, <clears throat> I encourage people in prayer. I encourage them to be deeper in their Bible studying. The Bible tells us, study to show yourself approved, a a workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Come on, get with it. This stuff of we, we need more preachers but not more teachers. We need more people who will teach. I have not done the study yet, but I can tell you this, that Jesus, the the Lord's Christ, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, was referred to as teacher many more times than he ever was preacher. I don't even know that he was ever uh, referred to as, hey, preacher. He was referred to as a teacher because he came to teach people. He took his disciples and discipled them, got them under the discipline of God and taught them. They went forth after their uh, uh, indwelling of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 and forward that they turned the world upside down. And I would like to deposit to you here that they did not, Literally turned upside down the world as it was, but in in reality, they turned the world right side up. The world people, the the evil ones, look at it like they're 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 tipping over our apple cart. They're they're messing up our program. They're creating a problem. But what they really did was they through the power of God and the Holy Ghost, they fixed an age-old problem. They brought people to a knowledge of salvation. They brought people to the correct uh, introduction, shall we say, to God. Jesus came so that he could show people who God is, and that they had a wrong perception of him for many, many, many decades and centuries, even millennia. He fixed that. 
And then he sent his men out to fight the battles that would ensue in trying to win people to the gospel, to Jesus, to truth. And if that turns the world upside down, then so be it. It needed turning. It was so far askew at that point that it, it would have been just as justified by God to destroy the entire thing all over again, just as he did Noah's day. But he did not because his long-suffering and the idea that Christ came to win people to himself, that he came to bring salvation that had been uh, lacking in man for so long, ever since the fall of man. So there you are. The world got turned upside down. But now it's flipping itself back around. We need to turn it back up upside down again. It is it has done its thing. It's gone back the way of the devil. John wrote, I think it's in first John four, that the whole world I could be wrong about that. The whole world lies in the in the evil one. It lies in wickedness. It's hard to believe such a all encompassing term. But that's what it says. Now, let's turn towards today and let's look at what we are seeing I've, I've I've laid back on this. I mean, I don't want to be the, I don't need. Let's put it that way. I don't need to be the first guy to come up with a revelation. I, I really don't come up with too many. But as we sit back and we think, I mean, this is a passage of scripture. I'm going to read to you in a minute that I've studied for years. I've looked over it for years. I've I've looked for it for years, and it's been with us for. Two centuries, really. Matthew 24 and verse number six. I could go through this. I'd love to go through this whole chapter, and maybe I should, uh, and just cover it because it is poignant. It is necessary for the church to understand. It is necessary for those who are in the world even to understand, to understand that God had a... a of course, we believe this, a foreknowledge of all things. But there are people out there that don't believe so because they look at it like this. It's like, oh, uh, that antiquated old book, the Bible. It's not. They want something new. They, they want, yeah, what's this, Eckhart Tolkien or whatever. The, the latest book written by the Oprah Winfrey group. I gave you a moment if you were going to look up the verse that we're going to look at here and then maybe a few other correlating ones. Matthew 24, verse 6 says, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye know, that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, there's, there's some, you know, I should probably go back just for the sake of it to Matthew 24, 4. You know, at the beginning, his disciples are asking them about, you know, when, when's your time of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus says, 
to them, take heed that no man deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and, and they shall deceive many. See, that many is, is the optimum word in Jesus' vocabulary when it comes to salvation, when it comes to the following of him. You know, there's many people who have, you know, sworn their allegiance to him and then turned their backs on him and walked away. I believe that there's something to being called and elected. I'll drop that right there for you to do your own studying. Matthew 24, 6, then again, you'll see here of wars, rumors of wars. See not that you be troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Since Jesus made that statement, there have been, I'm sure, multiple, multiple wars. And we know there has. And the end has not yet come. There were the, you know, Peloponnesian Wars and the, all the other, you know, you name it. There's that, that, especially that part of the world over there that just went through War after war after war, battle after battle, fighting for Jerusalem, fighting for uh, Israel, the whole thing. So Jesus is just setting them up and saying, look, don't worry about it because the end is not yet. There are a lot of scriptures that can point us towards how to look towards what is this it? Is this the one? Is this the war? Is this the rumor? But I want you to, let's, let's look back over a few decades and look at wars. It just in the 20, 20th century, I'll go back even into the 19th century. We had the War of 1812. We had the, this is just the American wars, the Civil War. You know, we the, the Battle of New Orleans, you know, these things are all just going on and on and on. We had a little space there, and then World War One, and then World War Two, and then Korea, and then Vietnam. Now, the whole world started getting in all these other ones. World War, world war you know, total war, one and two. And after that, fragments and pieces of different armies would would fight alongside either the communist side, which is what it was for the most part, or on the side of the Americans. You know, you had the French and you had the English. They would usually, you know, band up with us, the Japs. And then you'd also have the Chinese, the Russians, and whoever else wanted to fall in North Korea and all that to uh, create havoc on the other side. So there you are, war after war, and then Vietnam ended, and, you know, the Six-Day War of Israel (laughs) just goes on and on, shaking the rattles and sabers with Iran, Panama. There's a lot of those things that we forget. Desert Storm, Desert Shield, Desert This, Desert That, but they're all fighting in Iraq to wipe out the nation of Iraq. Syria uh, got in there and got themselves beat up pretty good. 
and again skirmishes along the way with Israel. That's where you're, you know, you've we've always been told to keep our eyes on Israel. He is the centerpiece of God's economy. What happens there, so it will go with the rest of the world somehow, someday. We are really, really close. But yet, let's just talk about this. We are seeing, and we have heard uh, Netanyahu over there. I, I don't say it the way they, Netanyahu or whatever. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu that said, uh, we are at war. Now, when a nation says, we are at war, you better take that serious. We don't say that here in the United States. We say, oh, we're, we're going to enter a conflict or we're going to do a police action or we're going to, you know, it goes on and on. They have, they have all kinds of terminology to stay away from the word war. And there's a political reason for that as well as an economic one. If you declare war, that's like a, you know, all hands on deck, anybody can jump in because we went to war with somebody. So all their allies are going to come, we're going to come in there and help you out. And all our allies should as well, but I wouldn't count on them. So we just say we're doing a incursion. We're, we're, we're going in uh, to, uh, it's war, but they don't use the word war. Like I said, police action and really police action. Nobody got arrested. A lot of people got blown up. So, you know, we use deceptive terms. Let no man deceive you. We use deceptive terms to keep from using the word war. And I said it's also an economic thing because then, you know, there's a there's a pay bump for the service members that are at war. And then, you know, you have to have the Congress on board for declarations of war. They still have to be on board for the most part to go into a place and do a liberation or whatever, but there there's ways to circumvent even them. And they always come out yelling and screaming, ah, you can't do that. It's against the constitution. Everything they do anymore is against the constitution. Some men in government talk too much and say very little. Some men say too much and should shut up. I'll let you watch the news and figure out which of the, and I talk about Democrats. I'm talking about people from both sides of the aisle. We have some men who should never be elected or reelected. You figure it out where you are in your state and just do away with them. You shall hear of wars. We know for a fact there's a war happening between Russia and Ukraine right now. We know for a fact there's a war going on between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. And sounds like Hezbollah wants to be a part of that as well. We've heard a lot of rumors of wars, and actually there have been wars between the Saudis and the Yemenis. I hope I said that right. See, it's a rumor, so I don't, you know. But there's a lot of war talk 
And I think that's what Jesus is saying. You're going to hear about actual wars, and then you're going to hear something a little different. You'll hear that there, there's a rumor of a war. The, the uh, word in Greek is akoe, akoe, akoe. It's the sense of hearing. It's a thing heard. It's hearsay, a report, rumor. Now, we've heard a lot of things over the years about the news media and how they mock things up, and they muck things up as well, but they, there's, there's, things get it blown out of proportion, but I don't believe the war in Israel and, and Gaza is really blown out of proportion. It looks like they're leveling the place. There's a lot of scripture behind this. I'm not going to go through all of it. I, I encourage you, you got time, do it now. Understand what God is doing because it's not always just a nation. They're, they're compelled to do what they must do. And that is something that people need to start to understand how God works. Well, I don't understand. It's easy. Your Bible is full of information to help you understand. I know that there are many of us out here who are well worried, or well worried, well willing to explain it all. But I don't have the, if I go through it, you'll get bored, you'll shut me off. I got to keep on the cutting edge. You get bored with the Bible, you got a problem anyway. But you'll hear wars and rumors of wars. What about, what's this mean, rumors? I'm going to tell you over the last few weeks, and I don't do news reports, I just do Bible reports, but when the news fits, I do it. China is still rumoring to go into, was it Taiwan? They want to. They keep threatening to. North Korea still shaking that sword in the air that they're going to take out places like Japan or, or, you know, join heavily in the forces of China. I'm sorry with, they already are with, uh, Iran. China again, threatening one of our proxy States, the Philippines. So we have military bases in the Philippines. And, you know, we, we have a lot of Filipino people that live here in the States, and we have missionaries that go there. I know several. But uh, this is getting a little shaky. I mean, because you're not far from Hawaii now, which is a, which is a the 50th state of the United States, is it not, or the 49th, whichever. It's, you know, but it's one of the 50. What about Guam? We've got a real interest in guam that's that's one of our other proxy states so how do we look at this as china is just saying well you know you got yourselves spread pretty thin playing games with ukraine and you've got yourself going oh to the other side of the world to play with israel and iran we can just Walk in, 
and take over your proxy states. We would be at war with China. We would be at war with Russia. And we will be at war with whoever else joins in behind Israel. And it seems like before it's over, the entire world will. Now, which war is this? We don't know. Is it Gog, Magog from Ezekiel 38 and 39? Is it the Psalm 82 or 83? Uh, you know, it's, it's, anybody's, it's anybody's guess at this point. But we're definitely in the rumors of wars. Listen to me. There's rumors about the wars. There's rumors of what the wars will lead to. There are people who are highly concerned about nuclear activity being used at this point against us here in the United States. I'm sorry. For those of you that are in other parts of the world, they'll probably use it against you too. If it came to that. But see, people are very concerned, very scared even that this is going to happen with, you know, no, no verifiable anything except they're, they're just scared. Jeremiah 422, my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are sottish children. They have, they have none understanding they are wise to do evil they are wise to do evil but to do good they have no knowledge in other words their wisdom is pointed towards doing that as which is not good they have no good in their knowledge the only good in your knowledge you can have is god they turn their back on god they don't want anything to do with him no he's he's the rule maker we're the rule breakers we're going to do our own thing. You know, there's a lot of interesting parallels in Scripture that you can draw. Places like Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Clear back into things like Nehemiah, which were all written in the same basic era. Nehemiah was the cup bearer for uh Artaxerxes, I believe it was, or Darius. What does that mean when you say, oh, he was a cupbearer? He was the guy who tasted the wine before he gave it to the king. Now, today, they'd say, you better get tested for your COVID. But back then, it was like, if he dropped dead, then the king knew, well, I'm glad I didn't drink today. So that was what Nehemiah's job was under captivity was to taste the wine to see if it was deadly. Who's tasting your wine to see if it's deadly? How did I switch that gear? Think about it. When you sit in your churches and you listen to stories and you listen to, like it says the guy in the beginning, stories, jokes, and very little scripture, these guys that just grab a verse and then twist it all up and make it about themselves. They are not preachers. They are out for themselves. They may have good motives. I'm not saying they ain't saved. I'm just saying, because that's not up for me to decide. But I can tell you this right now. 
if you don't come out of a service convicted of something, challenged by something, or at least been given something you did not know, what did you get? Oh, well, I got some interesting analogies. I don't want analogies. Give me scripture. God has a lot of things to say. 66 books. I forget right off the top of my head how many verses there are. 31,000 or something like that. It's a huge amount. But anyway, how many of them get used? I mean, there's some stuff that, you know, is very hard to decipher. Uh, I touched on Leviticus 11 the other day, and I I used it for uh, for a reason. God took three different things that I can recall from my memory from from Leviticus 11. He took the beasts of the field, the clean and the unclean. He took the fish of the sea, the clean and the unclean. In other words, those which were usable for sacrifice, those who were not, those which were okay to eat, those which were not. If they didn't have scales, they're not okay. You know, so don't eat this. I, I like catfish, but, you know. I guess they would be out if I was Jewish. Uh, and even bugs and birds, birds and bugs, all four of these things, there was clean and unclean. You did not touch the unclean. You didn't mess with it. You didn't eat it. It couldn't be used for sacrifice. You know, that, that was how uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, in, uh, after the time of Daniel, uh, defiled the temple. In Jerusalem, he slayed a pig or slewed a pig on the altar of God. That would automatically ruin the altar. But that's what they knew. They knew what to see. Your enemy knows where to strike you, where he can do the most damage. Jesus was very plain in this verse, this one verse, and I'm, 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 I'm not done yet with Bible, but he's telling his disciples, you know, don't be deceived. That's always a, you know, Paul wrote that. They all wrote that. I've, I've covered that many times about deception and, and us not being deceived by men because that's where it comes from, mankind. If you live a life where you are out to deceive, you are not living the life that God has planned for you. You're you're off on your own set of tracks, let's put it that way. But you'll hear of these wars and rumors of wars. You may not be in them, but you will hear of them. Did God foresee Fox News as CNN and MSNBC and the rest? I don't know. I'm sure he did. He is God. It's not like technology took him by surprise. But, you know, this is Jesus telling these guys 2,000 years ago, even even at your time, you're going to hear these things, but don't be troubled. Look, I, gotta, I tell friends of mine, you know, if they're nuking us, I don't want to be on the outside periphery. Just let me embrace the blast. I know where I'm going. I know that there's a judgment waiting for me of the things I've done in this flesh, and I'm ready to get that over with as well. 
because after that does come the entrance into God's glory. But, you know, this this thing of how do you dig a, a, a thing and live underground and how you have all the food that you need and, you know, prep for this and prep for that, that's all good and fine, you know. Uh, but the main preparation is being prepared spiritually. That always gets kind of left behind in there somewhere because we get so caught up in our flesh. Take up your cross daily and follow me, Jesus said. Matthew 24, 7. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, this has been bailed like hay over and over again. We already know nation against nations, ethnos against ethnos, you know, race against race and all the other stuff. You can take that how you want. Just take it at its face value. Right now we do have nations against nations, the Russian nation against the Ukraine nation. You have the uh, United States who's ready to fight with everybody if you listen to our politicians. Most of us here on the in the corn belt are not all about wanting to go to war for just any reason out there. We would just as soon let that sit for a little bit. We know that all around this planet, there are nations after nations that are going against each other. There are those who are provoked into it. There are those who just do it. Kingdoms and kingdoms are going to go against each other. What does that mean? Well, you know, back in the day, it was cities, a city could have a king, the king of Sodom, the king of, you know, and um, even to this day, some of these nations that we look at, like Syria or Iraq, they're not much more bigger than a, than a good-sized state in the United States, and they would have a king or a dictator or whatever you want to call them. But... There's, you know, whatever, you know, we see that as well. We see cities in our nation alone, one that's supposed to be the most civilized place on the planet where folks are at each other's throats over politics, over race, over drugs. Our cities have become fueled with drugs and death. And there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. That's Matthew 24, 7 in its entirety. I mean, you can break that down, and and I didn't do it justice as I should, because it still marries up with wars and rumors of wars. When wars come, there will be rumors of other wars that can come. There will be this distress in nations of a nation against nations and you know that just continually there's another strife another problem and then even within the cities of different places there's going to be fighting and death when you have wars and on a large scale you end up with things like famines where food is not being grown ukraine and pestilences lying around dead bodies in the desert or arid places where all kinds of diseases can be brought about 
Earthquakes, that's a God thing. Now, there are people that say man can cause earthquakes. I can go into all that. I'm sure they can. I don't, it's not my, it's not my lane. When I see earthquakes in diverse places, that just means God's at, God's at work letting you know the earth is shaking. As me and my buddy Mike have been, we go back and forth quite a bit through the week. And I, I said, I remember that verse. I can't remember where exactly it is to this minute, but, uh, the earth wobbles as if earth st- staggers as a drunk vomits all over the the earth itself is out of kilter paul wrote and said all of creation groans under sin all these things are happening wars pestilences famines uh the place that was gaza gaza city is basically bulldozed now to the ground. Just about incomprehensible as a city, but yet in it there are still enough buildings and and uh, leftovers of buildings for the snipers to hide in and pick people off as they come in. This is going to be a long, drawn-out, and ugly campaign. It's not just going to happen in a day. And what will happen in this campaign it already has started before i mean when they parachuted in the the uh, hamas's they they uh, parachuted in to israel and they started to take hostages and kill people at a music festival it's supposed to be you know celebrating peace or whatever but they took these people hostage. They took people hostage in their homes. They threw babies into ovens alive and burnt them. They set them on fire in the street, beheaded babies. These are animals. These are not even animals. These are devils. These are scum. They all need salvation, don't they? But there are some people who go so far that God just turns them over. These are the people that came in and did the things that they did. And what happened on the vaunted places of education that we call colleges and universities here in the United States, there were protests against Israel. Israel didn't parachute into Israel and take their own people captive they didn't go to gaza and do it they didn't do anything but yet it's their fault because they inhabit this little sliver of ground that all the maniacs out there seem to want just because it's god's ground so you go and do these horrific things to babies, women, children, and, you know, aged men, those who aren't aren't wearing military uniforms, and you kill, murder, destroy, uh, take hostage, rape, all these things, and it's the other guy's fault. It's the ones who are being targeted 
it's their fault. How often does that happen even within human interactions between uh, brethren and sisterin and brethren and brethren? Someone's attacked, and it's his fault. He was, yeah, the attacked is the attacker. How do you come to that? How do you, how does any, you know, how do these, you, I know we send kids off to college at 18 years old or whatever with semi-soft spots still in their heads from their 12 years of public school education, which is worthless anymore. Try to do new math. And you find out that they've just become raging lunatics who can't, they will call bitter sweet and sweet bitter. They will call evil good and good evil. Period. These things are all around us. I mean, this this is what life is all about anymore. The LGBTQIA76, whatever, how many numbers they want to add on to that moniker. And, you know, I, I see guys on YouTube that won't even say the whole thing because they, they're afraid they're going to get knocked off the air. Well, so be it. I, they may knock me off for saying it. I don't know. I don't think there's that many people paying attention. But let me say this. I'll say this, and I'll say this straight up. These are these these are other things in our lives that are. It's a it's a a spiritual war against our kids or our our, our coming generations. And I don't know how many generations we have left. The way I see it, I got a friend of mine who's who's consistently says Jesus is coming real soon, and I agree with him. I really do. I still don't. I don't set dates or try to figure out every you know down to the minute like some people do. I just know that I I, I can feel it. Uh, another friend of mine, I heard him say uh, earlier. Um, I don't believe that the four horsemen of the apocalypse are riding yet. And I, as I was sitting there listening to him, I really like this guy. When I was sitting there listening to him, I thought, you know what though. The horses are in the corral, the saddles are on them, and the riders are just finishing breakfast in, at the at the bunkhouse. I'm telling you, that stuff is close as well. Look around you. We are very close to a breaking point. The world is at war, whether we want to call it World War Three or not. And this Israel-Hamas deal is just going to shove it further and further and further down the road. Like I was saying earlier, you know, we have people who have already come out and blamed Israel. Now, that will be the clarion call before it's all over, that it is all their fault. They've been uh, uh, castigating and they've been... Uh, holding down and doing apartheid and all these other things against these people, the Palestinians, which do not exist. This is a made-up people. These are Arabs that have been shoved into that area by their na- their uh, their uh, natural states, you know, like Egypt or 
Saudis or whatever, Jordan, all these other places, they've been pushed into that area to, to be a, a piece of sand in the eye of Israel. And then they can use them to cause problems and gin them up into more and more devastation. And then, you know, are these people that uh, put together that they could pull off what they did? No, they are not. This is Iran in the background. Pull the strings. They're doing a good job, aren't they? The Iranians. Don't think they're stupid. And don't mistake them. They're not Arabs. They're Persians. Uh, from what I understand, they're, if you if you dig deep back into the Iranian bloodlines, you'll you'll run into Indo. I think it's Indo-Germanic. You know, there, there's a little Indian, India, India type Indian there, and some Germanic uh, background. These people are not Arabs. They may be Islamic, but they're not Arabs. Just like the Pakistanis, they're not Arabs. They're Islamic, but they're Pakistanis. And it goes on and on. But that's that's just a little backdrop. These are very calculating people. These are people who, who see you six moves ahead, and, and they're trying to... And, and they always find a way to say, well, we didn't do it. We didn't, we didn't kill those American servicemen in Iraq. That was, just, that was Yemen. Who gave them the rocket? Who's supplying the money? Well, we, gave, we freed up $6 billion for the Iranians to go ahead and do whatever they want, plus all the pallets full of cash. We send them a few more pallets full of cash and get it over with. Embrace the blast. So what do we look at? Don't don't be deceived. Verse number five. You'll hear of wars and rumors of war. Don't be troubled. These things must come to pass. The end's not yet. You'll see nations raising against nations. They may not go to war, but they're going to raise up and they're going to shake their finger at each other until they do get into some skirmishes. You'll see kingdoms, that's the city-to-city thing going on like you see all the time. And then people are going to be hungry because there's famine and there's pestilences that come from death and famine. And, you know, God can send a herd of locusts to see you too. And earthquakes, which cause all kinds of problems. Those will be in places we never, never, never even thought that an earthquake would happen, and they'll just point seven on the Richter scale or whatever. In you know some place that never has an earthquake, there is there is a, I forget where what is it in uh, Colorado when they built the uh, Cheyenne Mountain deal. I think that's where it was. I know that's where the uh, NORAD's at, but uh, when they had gotten it built, you know, because they they decided this is a place that never has had earthquakes uh, or of any real significance. You know, it's 
It's all pretty much, you know, bedrock, granite, mountain, you know, what what could happen? They build it, got it up and going, and here comes a shake. God knows how to show you. I can make it shake where I want it to. Verse number 8 in Matthew 24 says a bunch. These are the beginning of sorrows. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. The New American Standard, I believe, says all these are the beginning of birth pangs. Birth pangs. That entirety that, that of, of, of obstetrical uh, terminology that gets used, which, yeah, the obstetrical, you know, about babies being born. It's used over and over in Scripture, you know, that uh, as a woman in her pains and stuff like that, and the and the contractions that come and and all the other things and you know and there will be blood and it'll be this and that and then the baby's born and everything's okay but there's a lot of stuff that goes on after these wars of rumors and wars and earthquakes and the rising up and all that which we can get into later we better wake up Ephesians 5 says that. Let me get there real quick. It says it also in the Proverbs. Arise, O sluggard. Take me just a second to fumble my way through this one. Here we are. Ephesians 5, verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. People are asleep in their entertainment. They're asleep in their uh, game playing. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, having some entertainment and some fun in life. But don't get so to the point where I have to do it because that's the only way I can escape the reality that's around me. We need this heavy dose of reality to remind us just how close we are to a day when all of this will not matter anymore. But until that day comes, it still matters. Until the Lord returns, it still matters. There are people who still hold on to the fact that you know, they'll be out here before a, a nuke falls. I pray that you are. I'd love to say that we all will be, but I can't say that. Not, not by reading Second Thessalonians. That we'll be out of here before the evil one is shown his face actually revealed the church shall be there for the revealing of the one we call the antichrist second thessalonians chapter two i know you're probably tired of hearing me hammer on that but in the pulpits of america you probably won't hear anybody say it rarely there are a few 
When you try to go to another part of the world where people are persecuted, afflicted, and in serious and dire tribulation, and tell them, oh, don't worry about it. We'll be out of here before it gets bad. They will laugh in your face and say, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You are obviously not very well versed in Scripture. There are people I know that that are extremely intelligent, and they still go along with this thing. I think it's time for us to get a good dose of reality. I think it's time that we start to study some of the doctrinal and scare quotes, things that have been going on for the last couple hundred years and say, well, there's something that just doesn't match up to everything before 1800. Where people like Matthew Henry and those fellows like that, that were Puritan scholars, they didn't talk about things like, you're going to be out of here. Jesus didn't talk. He said, keep them in the world. They're not of the world, but keep them in it. Don't release them from it. I need them here. You know, if There's so much ridiculousness that's taught in our churches. And I, and I look at these men that, that, that do the things they do, that, that act as buffoons, and I say, read your Bible. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Ephesians 5.15. Let's look at that in a different translation just for the sake of the few last few minutes that we have. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise men. New American Standard 95. There's a lot of talk in our Bible about how we should walk, and that was one right there. That It just says be careful. Be wise. Don't, don't walk as a boob. Don't follow the every wind of doctrine, as they say. There's so much that we can learn and we can, we can peel out of Scripture that just doesn't get used, that doesn't get expounded upon or that gets taught so incorrectly that it's like, what are you talking about? There are people who are, they're, they're deceived, and they're being deceived. I said that wrong. They are deceived, and they are going out to deceive. I'll let it go for today. I think I've carried on enough. Uh, play a song on the way out. It's called Here I Go Again. So Casting Crowns talks about a guy trying to reach to his friend that's lost. He's asking God, Here I go again. Father, hear my need the perfect words, words that he will hear, and know the straight from you. I don't know what to say, I only know it hurts, 
to see my only friend slowly fade away. So maybe this time I'll speak the words of life with your fire in my eyes. But that old familiar fear is tearing at my words. What am I so afraid of? Cause here I go again. Talking about the rain and moving over things that won't live past today. And that's a Never heard. 